Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Rose Pod Classes to Careers, the Rose Holman podcast. As a reminder, my name is Reese. And I'm Isaac, and we are your hosts. Today, we will be talking about what a education in STEM can do for you. We're going to get a little bit of help from our guest today, Dr. Rick Stamper, who is the provost and the vice president of academic affairs here at Rose Holman. Can you tell us a little bit about how you've gotten to where you are today, Dr. Stamper? Sure. So I'm a Rose alum, graduated in 1985, worked for Procter & Gamble a bit, working in an automated packing system there, have a master's from Purdue, got a focus in robotics, left there, worked for General Electric, mostly designing refrigerators in the U.S. and Japan. And then I followed my wife's career to Washington, D.C., where I decided to get a a PhD at the University of Maryland in robotics and mechanisms. And then I've been at Rose-Hulman for 25 years and have held about every position in academic affairs over those 25 years. Now, what about you two? What major are are you guys? I'm a biochemistry major and I'm a sophomore. Okay. And then I am a junior computer engineering major. So two very different sides of the STEM spectrum. Ah, okay. Got a straight science and technology. Very good. I will start us off with the first question. Do you feel like your STEM education helped you achieve all of the accomplishments that you have gotten or achieved throughout your lifetime? Sure. I mean, clearly it gave me the sort of the technical foundations to pursue my STEM passions and and be an engineer. But one thing I think it did a really nice job of was teaching me to fail and giving me lots of lessons and humility. And I see you're both shaking your head. Yes. And <laughs> thinking that you, you often feel that at Rose Holman. I mean, we, you know, there's lots of opportunities to be challenged. But STEM in general does a really nice job of that. Yeah, the things you create, your ideas are tested against reality. So, for instance, at Purdue, I designed a robot in 1988 that would catch a ball as it's rolling along a tabletop. Does the robot catch the ball or not? You know, so your ideas are tested against reality and it's really easy to, your failures are very evident in that case. So it does a nice job of that. And as a result, it causes you to sort of constantly question yourself and ask if you're seeing the world correctly. Are your internal models correct and suitable for the situation? And so I think that does a really nice job of preparing you to go off and actually be an engineer, mathematician, or scientist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And makes you a little less fearful of failure too. And I think that's important to not be too afraid of failure. It definitely is just part of the process. (laughs) I mean, Edison created a thousand failed light bulbs, but he only needs one that worked. Absolutely. How do you think a STEM education impacts society as a whole? That's a really big question. And there, you know, if we brought in our philosophy majors, we could probably spend an entire podcast on that one. You might want to do a whole podcast just there. I guess the angle I'll take on it, I don't know if this is still something, the sort of question that comes up in the middle of the night in a dorm room or not. Like if you were forced to be alive at some other time in history or, or any time in history, and you just be randomly replaced by someone on the world, I would take now. And I believe that's largely due to the advances that have been created by engineering, math, and science you know, those advances are key to the difference, to living now and living in the past. Things like fertilizer, sanitation systems, electrification, medicine, the list goes on and on. 
You don't have to go back very far in time to when most people lived with back-breaking labor and short lifespans, and those were the norm. And I think engineering math science has really changed that and created a better life for people. When would you pick? When would you live if you could pick a time? I'm not really sure. I think that you're absolutely correct that this day and age, there are so many amazing things that are going on. I'm taking operating systems at the moment, and Dr. Hayes, my professor, had mentioned that there has been an improvement to something that we're using in class that happened during our time at Rose, just in the past couple of years. Yeah. The, just the rate that everything is changing at is, is truly incredible, and it's really cool to be able to be a part of that. It is. And the practical impact that has on daily lives is pretty remarkable. You don't have to go back very far to when you know, life was much harsher than it is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree as well. Like, I feel like we're just constantly advancing and just moving forward. So if not living now, I would want to live like in the future when it's even like, it's even way more advanced <laughs> and we don't have to do anything. Everything is done for us. Absolutely. You do have to wonder what's well, going to be, because this, this life would be unimaginable to someone that was born in the 1900s. I mean, literally, just unimaginable. We're making a podcast right now. They wouldn't even know what a podcast this was. This is true. This is yeah, true. Absolutely. Okay, a little bit of a change, but how do you think that critical thinking skills and transferable skills are attained through getting a STEM education? I think you've touched on it where it's a a refining and an improvement of the critical thinking skills. You know, the students that we recruit bring in those sort of skills, the clarity of thought, the ability to gather and analyze data, the ability to be creative, but it's a chance to practice and hone those skills is what happens here. Definitely one of my favorite parts of Rose is all of the labs. Almost every one of my classes has a lab in one way or another, and I was working on a lab earlier today, and even, even then I learned a different way to think about things that I mm -hmm. hadn't thought about before. Wednesdays are my lab day. I had three labs today, so here we are now. <laughs> oh my goodness. The life of a biochemist. Exactly. Because <laughs> every science class I take has a lab. But I will say, like, I agree with the labs being the best part. I yeah. think it's just, it's so much more interactive and independent. And I feel like that's the best way you learn. Like, or at least for me, and I feel like a lot of people here, like learning by doing is like, the best way to learn, especially when you're trying to get a STEM education. Oh, absolutely. And that's been a bit of the evolution of engineering education. And I think Rose has done a really nice job of that. There was a time when it was really just sort of lecture and teach the fundamentals was the primary mechanism of teaching engineering. And then we've integrated more hands-on lab experiences and then we've integrated more project experiences as well. I mean, it's, and people use this analogy. I don't know if you guys have heard it before, though. It's almost as if you have a football team and just give them the playbook and have them work out and practice the sort of the skills of football if you just have the lectures in class. And then if you have the labs, it's like scrimmaging and practicing. But then there's also going out and actually playing the game. And we try to do more of the scrimmaging and practicing and playing the game as opposed to just talking about the skills, but actually have you out there trying it out. Labs are like football, basically. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although it, it, it'd be, it's the first time that you actually have to sort of interact with the material and counter what happens. Yeah, exactly. We try to get students out in the field more. Yeah. And, and try to get you out actually playing the game as opposed to just reading about it. But you actually have to read about it as well. Playing the game is fun. I get, I've gotten to mess with a lot of fun toys. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I've definitely enjoyed myself. And that's, that's what's nice about having all these design classes and things like that. They're incorporated into the curriculum because it gives you a chance to go from start to finish. Mm-hmm. How do you design this? What kind of people are using it? So it has to be whatever it is needs to be designed to work with your target audience, that kind of stuff. Working through that whole process is definitely rewarding. Yeah, for sure. We've kind of already covered this through some of our other discussion, but... How do you feel that a Rose Hallman education or Rose Hallman as a whole even helps its students accomplish all of these things, all of these different skills, all of this critical thinking impacting society? I, I think you're right. I think we have kind of covered that ground, but it's, you know, we do provide the, the fundamental knowledge and then we give you a chance to exercise those skills, be it in labs or projects or other external engagements. Yeah, I think Rose is really good. Everyone comes here for STEM, you know, I think if you want to pursue STEM. Mm -hmm. We also mentioned earlier how Rose definitely throws some challenges at you. But like in the end, that's kind of the whole point because Mm -hmm. that's what you need in order to get a great STEM education. Overall, what would you say your advice is to future college students and families? And why, if they're at all interested, that they should definitely pursue a degree in STEM? Yeah. Well, at first, I guess I wouldn't want to just wave away the at all interested. I mean, I think it really, it should align yeah. with your passion and what you want to do. You know, there's lots of wonderful careers out there, with STEM careers being one of them. And I, I think it, a person's interest and passion should align with that. And so first, just to be clear about that. But I think there's a couple of different ways to look at why you'd want to study STEM. I think there's some really pragmatic reasons that everyone seems to be aware of. You know, there's good careers in engineering math science and provides a nice foundation for other careers. And so that you clearly have that, you know, that sort of the return on investment argument stands up really well. And as far as advice to students, I'd encourage them not to overlook what appears to be mundane at first. For instance, like I designed refrigerators for almost six years, but it sounds pretty mundane designing refrigerators. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I can, I can just see the excitement in your eyes about refrigerators, but it turned out to be really cool and impactful. You know, this in the nineties, there were a group of, you know, there was probably a community of a hundred refrigerator design engineers across a couple of companies in the U.S., And at that point in time, if I remember correctly, U.S. household refrigerators consumed about 15% of household electricity. And over a course of about 10 years, we cut the energy consumption of all refrigerators in half. You know, so when you're starting to talk about 7, 8% of all domestic energy consumption for households, that's pretty impressive, really. It's something that was a lot of fun. And it's just a lot of fun to go to a big box store and see something you designed setting there. But so I, my advice would be to not overlook the mundane or what apparently is mundane. But back to the why study STEM, there is this pragmatic side, you know, the return on investment argument. There's also, I think, a, a really good and more abstract reason is it just to create 
a better life for people. I, you know, engineers, mathematicians, and scientists, as I mentioned earlier, are central to creating a better situation for people in society. And so I think there's that more sort of abstract overall good that can be done by um, engineer, mathematician, scientist. And then the other thing, and people will sometimes roll their eyes at me when I say this, but I think a lot of students here really get this and understand this. It's a chance to create something beautiful. Like most people don't see engineering as a creative endeavor. I do. I see engineering as a creative endeavor. And it may not always be beautiful in the aesthetic sense, even though it is sometimes. There's beauty in an object that's perfectly suited for its intended purpose. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes me, I'm just so happy to see both of you shake your heads <laughs> with that. We gave a, an alumni award to a guy named Justin Smith. He's an alum from here. Rose alum, senior director at SpaceX for um, guidance navigation controls. And he shared a video of the first time that a SpaceX recovered rockets. And he was sort of a central player in creating that. I know where, I don't know if you've seen this, where, you know, the rocket turns around, comes back and lands softly, and they can recover and reuse the rocket stage. And for me, to see all those systems interact in a, this, this coordinated dance to return that rocket, it was kind of eye-wateringly beautiful to me. I mean, I think it was something of beauty. And there's an opportunity for engineers, mathematicians, and scientists to create that kind of beauty. And so I, you know, aside from the return on investment argument, the ones that I get really excited about are the students who like see that beauty. And it, it just made me really happy to see both of you shake your heads with that. I don't know. Does that, does that resonate with you two at all? Or Absolutely. I've, I mean, I've talked to employers, I've talked to other students, and especially in the realm of computer engineering and such, the feeling never fades of the, <laughs> or the, the excitement never fades when something works like it's supposed to for the first time. Yeah. If you're programming something and that little LED turns on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's such an incredible feeling because you've taken something regardless of how complicated it is. And you've, you've made something happen in the world, even if it's just an LED turning on, it's a start. Yeah. I yep. mean, once again, Edison, he literally turned on a light yeah. and that was an incredible thing for the time. So yeah. it is, I, I definitely agree that it's, there is something beautiful about how everything seems to mesh together in such a perfect way once when you've gone through and designed something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like our own form of art, I feel like, because I definitely get that. I feel like more with the straight science, it's a little different because you're not normally looking for one specific result, you know, whatever result you get, mm -hmm. like you go based off that, you know, but I am getting a minor in data science, so I'm taking my mm -hmm. first like CS classes, and I will mm -hmm. completely agree with that. Like, when you get something to work in one of those softwares, when you program something to work and you like pass all the tests, I don't think I've ever been happier in my entire life. I, I, I know exactly what you it's mean. It's so relieving, <laughs> <laughs> and it's very accomplishing. But like, and there definitely is places like that in science, but I just feel like. It's definitely seen a lot in technology, but you know, mm -hmm. there's definitely good points where like, there's normally a purpose of the lab that I'm doing. And the whole point of the lab is to get there, but whether or not you get there, like you still write about it, but it definitely is a lot nicer and a lot more accomplishing when I do complete what was supposed to be done for the lab. <laughs> yeah. 
One of the things I think our faculty do really well is work in this creative aspect and give you a chance to exercise your creativity. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to borrow your phrase. That's our own form of art. I like that. Absolutely. Because if we're talking from a drawing standpoint, I, I can't do much, but I can make some really pretty circuits if anyone needs those. <laughs> yeah, it's unfair when people here are like really good artists. Cause it's like, like how well, can you be- You're good at everything now. How can you be a STEM major and also an insane artist? Like that's not fair. <laughs> we each have our own things though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do. I'm glad that you see the beauty in it. I mean, cause it does, it takes a trained eye to see the beauty in a lot of what we do. And I'm glad you see that. And especially as you go along in classes, I mean, yeah, that eye-watering beauty type thing, the amount of times when I've had that kind of eureka moment when you realize, oh, that's how this like item XYZ works. Mm -hmm. You never, a lot of times you don't think about how does that little thing where you tap the credit card and it magically lets you pay work? Yeah. Or how does things like this work? We're talking to each other over the internet in different rooms and the whole nine yeah. yards. And when you actually realize the amount of things that have to go together to make something like that happen and how flawlessly it all goes together, it, it definitely changes your perspective on things. I also still don't know how some of that works, but I would agree as well. <laughs> There's different parts. I think just overall topic we're kind of getting to is just STEM is so rewarding, like just of a mm -hmm. major, of a passion, of a career. Like it's just, there's always something different. It's never the same day over and over again. Like I, you're always doing something different and it's just, it makes it really, it, it's pretty fun. Overall, I'd say it's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I immensely enjoy myself here doing all this kind of stuff. And, and especially with STEM, another thing to definitely keep in mind if you're thinking about pursuing a degree in STEM is that there's a lot of places a singular degree can take you. Yeah. So say you get a degree in mechanical engineering, maybe you go into robotics, maybe you go into manufacturing, maybe you go into a specific subset of, of production lines and that kind of stuff. There's about a bajillion and a half places you can take a career. I'd, I'd broaden it out a lot more than that. I mean, yeah. it, it, law, medicine, business. Oh, that's also true. Yeah. Patent lawyers and things like that. It, it's one of the nice things or even not even just patent law, just the, although that's a really good one. The skills you develop provide a nice foundation for this almost any career. That's one of the nice aspects of it. Yeah. I definitely think you can go any direction. I mean, like personally, like I want to go into forensics eventually, but like I know a ton of the other science majors, we all want to go different places. So like, that's just so interesting to see. And all the STEM majors in general, like it's pretty rare that you get two people who want to go into the exact same thing, which is pretty nice. It gives you, gives you a baseline to go in like any direction that you want to. One key opens up a lot of doors. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Do you have any final words of advice or any final words in general before we wrap this episode up? No, other than I, <laughs> thanks for, for inviting me. I'm thrilled to have been the, uh, the, the first guest. I didn't know. Yeah. Absolutely. You set a very high bar for the future guests <laughs> on the podcast here. I think that kind of wraps up our first episode about STEM as a whole and just why you should choose STEM and the many, many, many careers that STEM can take you to. Next episode, we'll be talking about all kinds of new STEM-related things, so make sure you join back in then. Dr. Stamper, thank you again. You were an amazing guest. We're, we were very happy to have you. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for inviting me. 